everyone, this is Pascal. Welcome to the Info Jobs with Pascal. And I want to continue to thank everyone who is listening, sharing the content. I want to remind you to go to Instagram and follow the page. Okay, let me get into my story. When I was in the 10th grade, I believe, I had a cousin who contacted my mother about uh, me joining a program. And I didn't know what it was. I was only here for, what, four years, four years in the country. So I decided to join. And when we got there, we were just learning so many different things. We were learning to step, learning how to walk in heels. It was just really interesting. We went to competitions. And I really felt like that was the beginning of my journey becoming a young woman. My cousin at that time, I remember, drove a sports car. She was, so the name of the organization, it was the, she was a Zeta. So that was her sorority. And then the younger chapter was the, they were the Arcanet. So um, she would come pick me up, take me there, drive me home. And then, and just the time that we would spend in the car, I just, just watched her a lot. At that time, she was the closest person that was around me that was in grad school. She had already graduated college and I just thought she was so cool. So when I got to college, that's the only reason why I wanted a sports car. And <laughs> one thing that I realized is that sometimes people don't really know the impact they have on younger people around them. Today, as a woman, I'm very conscious of what I say around younger girls, what I do, because I don't know if they're watching me, if what, you know, so I don't want to mislead anyone because to this day, she doesn't really know the impact that she's had on my life. I want to introduce Frankie. Uh, I want to say a little bit about her. So she is the owner and facilitator of Ace Impact, which she can tell us a little bit more about that during the interview. Her life is the tale of two cities, Queens, New York, and Miami, Florida. She's a graduate of Florida International University with a bachelor's in criminal justice in public administration. She furthered her education with a master's in criminal justice from Florida State, my alma mater. And she worked in the field of public safety for 21 years. She is a certified group fitness instructor for 17 years, and she has been a youth public director for 13 years. So, Frankie, mm-hmm. welcome. Thank you. Oh, that was such a sweet introduction. Thank you. I think... When I missed a, my car. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yes, because you ended up gifting. Oh, that's right. You ended up gifting that car. You and uh, my other cousin, Barbara, you guys mm-hmm. ended up gifting that car to my mom. And that's another reason why I wanted a sports car, because when we got <laughs> in that car, it was just so spacious and so strong. And I tried <laughs> so hard to get a sports car when I was in college. I wanted to know who or what influenced you to be the woman you were back then, the young woman that I was so looking up to, and what influenced you to be the woman that you are today? Um, great question. I, I would have to say it's uh, multiple answers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one would definitely be my older cousins. So, you know, uh, our older cousins, which is Gina, Sandra, Patricia, they um, really, because we were first generation Americans and because maybe our parents didn't get to go to college or have the college experience, them going to college first really in general in life, I followed suit with everything that they were doing because they were the models mm-hmm. for us. When they graduated high school, I knew, you know what, 
because I thought of so highly of them that I knew that that was the thing I needed to do when they went to college and they brought me in into their college experience, even though I was still in high school, they allowed me to come on the campus and to stay on the weekends and to just have, you know, some, a, a bit of that college experience that made me a w- more aware of, you know, graduating and postgraduate opportunities. So I just knew that my cousins were one, very inspirational and motivating to me. Two, I would say just knowing what I lacked motivated me because I've always wanted to be the person that I needed when I was younger. So because when you come from, you know, especially being Haitian American, when you come from, you know, Haitian culture is not really open to discussion for a lot of things. So just being the person that I needed when I was younger motivated me to, you know, just begin teaching classes and teaching, you know, youth development and empowerment. And lastly, obviously my mother, because I mean, she's just a straight soldier. Mm -hmm. Like if anything, she used to say, even if you don't have a dollar in your pocket, nobody has to know you still walk like you have all the money in the world. Uh, Even if you are not, you know, you go into the room, you are it. Like she was seriously just the bits of, I guess, you know, validation and motivation always came from my mom because she said, you know, she was just it. I watched her even just coming from someplace else, making it happen. When we didn't have two pennies, she would rub it together and make magic. And that just always was something that I thought of. That Those would be my three <laughs> okay. answers coupled together. <laughs> you just mentioned that you started teaching classes, teaching, I guess, younger girls, right? Yes. So can you can you tell us about the organization and what you do? Okay, so I'll have to start from the beginning because mm-hmm. my cousins actually had their own organization. It was called I Am, which is an acronym for It's About Me. That was under Sandra Holliday. And she taught for older women. So she would have personal development classes. She would have opportunities to network, things like that. And I, at some point, asked her if we could start teaching younger kids the same concept, but just for uh, a younger population. And she agreed. And then we started from there. I kind of branched off because I wanted to specifically deal with the youth population. And I formed ACE Impact because I wanted to make an impact based on achievement, commitment, and excellence. So when you promise yourself to be an ACE, it will make a big impact on the life that you live. So I started ACE Impact and I've been there since 2009. Okay, wait, what is it? What is it? Achievement? Achievement, commitment, and excellence. So when you promise yourself to put that effort into everything, achievement, means you start something, you finish it, you finish it. Commitment means you see it through and excellence means you do it to the best of your ability. It will impact your life in every way. Okay. That's a perfect way to break it down because I've been on the website and I'll put the website in the show notes. I've been on the website and I, there's just, a, there's a lot going on and I, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about one thing you have going on at the end of the summer. It just seems like you're doing a lot. And so what age is it specifically for younger girls? So no, Ace Impact is for everybody. I teach personal development, wellness, and life skills. So those are my three areas. I teach classes or workshops in person or online. Specifically, I deal with the youth population. So it could be male or, or female, 
uh, wherever I get the call, that's where I answer and I deliver life skill courses for the youth. Uh, older populations, I do, you know, personal development. I might do vision boards. I might do uh, team building, something like that, if it's like for work or for an organization. But specifically for the youth, I do uh, wellness and life skills. Okay. I also know that you are an instructor, fitness instructor for groups. So do you do those yes. online or? Not really. I tend to incorporate them in my courses, but I do have workout classes. So you can catch the fittest me at, you know, North Dade Regional Library, which is where it's offered for the summer. It's free of charge. Uh, you just come, you bring your towel, your water, and I bring everything else for you. And you just come and you work out. And the goal is to be the fittest version of yourself, whatever that may be for whomever. And it's for anybody and everybody. Okay, I'll be there. What day? <laughs> it's on <laughs> Thursdays from five to six. Oh, okay, I have such, okay, I have such. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was the weekend. Okay. But if I'm ever free, I want to come check it out. Okay. Uh, I kind of want to just camp on the classes. You said that you teach life skills. So are you teaching life skills for, do you have separate classes for younger kids and you have classes for women and you have class, or is it just one class for everyone? Um, the life skills portion are for youth population. Okay. Yes. So yeah. these are the skills that are not quite tangible, mm -hmm. but that we need in order to assist us with getting through life, through the changes and the challenges that life brings. Okay, so everybody needs to be equipped. And I call them little tools that we want to keep, you know, in our purse or in our back pocket, in our book bag that we need anytime there's a change or a challenge that we're going through, like decision making. So you want to be able to stop, and, you know, get the tools and, and remember what is what is the issue and how can I go through making this decision for the best possible outcome? So that would be an example. You know, earlier when I was sharing the story, I just talked about the different things that in the youth group they taught us and other things that I learned from watching you. It, you know, I one person that I watch, I don't know if you watch him, uh, Judge Mathis. Yeah, I watch. <laughs> I like, I, I specifically like to watch his interviews or whenever he's given a speech somewhere. But I know somewhere, I, I believe it's in Detroit, uh, he has a center where they teach young men uh, conflict resolution. They they have, like I'm not sure if they're courses, but I know they have seminars where they teach them different skills. And when you think about that, so we need a class for conflict resolution. But when you think about it, yes, we do, because we grow up to be, if we don't learn it, we grow up to be people who don't know how to solve issues. Yeah, and exactly. I, I see that in this generation where you know, you have a problem. I don't involve me. Can you guys figure it out? I I'm interested in some of the concept that you focus on with the younger population. So yeah, definitely like decision-making conflict resolution, communication, effective communication, right? So texting isn't it. Social media is not it. You go through life and life consists of people. So at some point you're going to have an interaction and you need to know how to effectively communicate your thoughts, your ideas, things like that. So there's just communication, which might be your device. And then there's effective communication, which is like verbally, um, non-verbally, you know, just our posture, our gesture, how we do and how we say things. Uh, what else do I cover? I cover goal setting. And, and that's one, probably one of my favorite classes because 
it's it's really interesting to see. Like I remember being young and I remember having goals and a vision and a dream and seeing myself and a lot of kids I find these days, they don't have the vision. And even if the vision changes, it's okay. But not having anything at the moment, it's kind of disheartening. Because when you ask them, what is it that they love to do? What do they see themselves? If you had to write a note to yourself in 10 years, what would it say? And they can't picture what, where, or how they would be in that time. You know, you know that that's somebody you really want to kind of cultivate and and bring out, you know, what it is that they love to do. What else do I do? I do... Um, <laughs> Positive self-image, that's always important. I do social media etiquette. I do social and dining etiquette. I yeah. do, I gotta think of all the list. I do leadership, really. What else do we do? We do critical thinking skills, which just learning to think outside of the box. Mm -hmm. So there's what an average person would respond. And then there's thinking beyond that. So there's always the ability to, okay, well, if everybody would say this, what would be your answer, right? Because inevitably, we want to be able to stand out and stand up against everybody else. I do teach anti-bullying. I teach advocacy. So just learning how to have a voice for yourself and for others. But, you know, at that age, you want to be able to start on a small scale. So just learning, what can I do to change this issue that I'm, I'm bothered by or affects me? So I start with the self. Then I start like a, you build like a ripple. Mm -hmm. So uh, what can I do if... Global warming bothers me. What can I do in order to make a change? And then how, if I made a change, would that ripple out into something bigger? You know, in the schools, we focus so much on academia. And if there's a skill that is lacking, an uh, interpersonal skill that kids need, we do attempt to teach communication, but it's not the main focus. So you would hope that it happens in the home, but it doesn't because yeah. some of us grow up and we get into relationships and our relationships crumble because we lack those skills. And I I healthy relationships. I do yes. teach healthy relationships and I try not to, you know, I don't touch on the topics of sex things mm -hmm. like that but you know you can understand as a, an, a young adult what is a healthy relationship and boundaries between you know an adult a teacher a friend you know somebody like that so yeah those things are important and the teachers can't do it all teachers right. cannot do it all right and you know and unfortunately it doesn't always happen in the home maybe the parents don't know themselves or they don't have the time so so what's the schedule is this something that they do for a few weeks what is the structure normally i'm contracted so let's say you had an organization that has a youth population or youth groups they would contract ace impact to come in and deliver that course for them so it's usually an 8 week it could be 8 to 16 weeks it's should follow the school year. So when there's a break, then they get the break and then they come back. I do summer programs. I'm working at three summer camps. So they're providing these life skills for their campers, which is a great thing. And then I run my own program during the summer. Is it, the, what is it? Is it the summer camp? The, no, the leadership, which is oh, the, okay. the workshop series for young girls. Mm -hmm. Oh, for young girls. And when you go into the schools, are you also dealing with the younger population or are you dealing with the employees? Oh, no, there's middle and high school students. Um, okay. Mostly, and it's boys and girls. Okay. So, so how do you get in touch with the schools? You get a, you get a call and then you get a contract for a few weeks. Normally I'm contacted. Maybe they've seen me someplace else and they ask how they can bring that service to their school. I am a vendor. So I am 
Like I do have the certificates to teach in Miami-Dade County Public School and the Broward County Public Schools. Well, I'm a certified vendor for both counties. I can go onto the campus, you know, with a background clearance and work, like I have all my work credentials to come in and to teach a program at their schools. Okay, uh, so is it limited to schools or in camps or if someone is having a conference uh, for a weekend and they would like to have you come in and teach a, a yes, second? Yes, wherever you are and you feel the need to deliver some material uh, that you feel that's lacking and you want to really bring out, then I will be there. Whether it's a conference, a retreat, church groups. I love church groups. <laughs> I actually really love church groups because the conversations get so interesting. I, and I come prepared. So even if it, it might be the same material, but I'm gonna I'm gonna find the the verses to support what I'm telling you. So I'm not just pulling it out of thin air. It's it's written. So like when when you're talking about a goal, it's a vision. God said you have to have a vision. So mm -hmm. you're not roaming mm -hmm. around the mountain for 40 years, right? <laughs> so um you know wherever wherever you are, I'm I'll, I'll be there. Wait, you just said that it's uh, the church groups are interesting. What is interesting? You have a story? Huh? You have a story? <laughs> well, you know, it's just, and it depends because it's been my experience working with just mainly, you know, Haitian or Jamaican church groups. Okay. okay so we know, you know, just being an Islander or Caribbean descent and then being religious on top of that kind of sometimes it, it I won't say I'm gonna be uh <laughs> no, go ahead go ahead no sometimes people only want to see things one way and it's okay to understand I'm not saying accept you have to be able in order for you to know what's right you also have to know what's wrong so in order for you to be going in the right direction you have to know which directions you should not be going and I didn't say you should accept everything, but you should have an understanding of a lot of things, mm -hmm. right? So sometimes we we kind of, we're sometimes our worst enemy because we refuse to hear about something else or we don't want to accept something else. And it's not pushing something down somebody's throat. It's just understanding like this is X, Y, and Z. That's it. It's black and white. Uh, you don't have to go either way, but just knowing information. Yeah, I I think what I hear you saying is that some churches are they do great when it comes to that, but maybe some church groups they uh, focus on evolving spiritually and then not in other areas socially understanding yes. what's happening out there and how to how exactly. to uh, approach it. Yes, you have to you have to be able to talk to your children about you know social media safety and trafficking and um you know just just those things because it's there. It's there. And I mean, if you don't teach it, somebody else will. Yeah, that's right. That's right. With the So I know I understand that you go into the schools and you teach a program for uh, six or eight weeks and you might have in your own program younger kids who've been around. How do you set the goals and measure the progress with those students? So example, maybe I work with I have different populations of students. So I have my own students that follow me when I have classes or I have summer program. I have the students maybe that are in the schools. And then I have the students that might have trouble within the, you know, criminal justice system. Okay. Number one is attendance. So having tracking their attendance and their 
uh, participation because I do have them fill out worksheets. So they're not just sitting there, they are actually participating. And then we complete a worksheet so that I know that, you know, some people learn by hearing, some people learn by doing, some people learn by seeing. So we have to cover all three. So they complete the, the worksheets. Um, their level of, I guess, uh, how they're doing in school, right? Because you have rewards that you can accumulate if you do better in school, if you have less instances of disruptive behaviors or reports, then I know that our measures are working. And it might not just be my program per se, but all around they're being better supported and they are minimizing those things that may have brought them to us in the first place. You just mentioned that you deal with kids who are mm-hmm. juvenile, you know, system. Mm-hmm. And but you do have a degree in criminal justice. So I didn't I actually didn't know that you did work with juveniles. Do you go mm-hmm. to the center directly? Do you just have a sprinkle of juveniles who come and they join your program? No, I have I work with a program that works specifically with juvenile delinquents. So I go and I teach classes for them. Mm. Um, and then um, I work in the felony unit, but I did do um, boot camp and youthful offenders. Those are, you know, youth that have been charged as adults. So you have those, that population of youth. But yeah, I do see them in different facets. Just they don't report. I, I go teach for a group or an organization that deals directly with it. But I do have my measures as far as if they're receiving the information, because if they're using those tools supplemented by, you know, their therapy or a mentor, then, you know, the instances decrease and attendance increases at school, their grades increase, their participation increases and their attendance at your programs increase. At some point when a few years ago, I was really interested in working with juveniles. <laughs> I, I went into, I was with this um, ministry and we used to go into the prisons to the children to see their parents. But I know that the pastor was directly involved with the, you know how everybody focused on the teen, the teen moms. He was mm-hmm. specifically working with the, the fathers because mm-hmm. I mean, they're teenagers too and they, they're not carrying a baby, but they need to know how to be fathers and I'll have not to be absent so I I don't know how I got out of it but I just never got that connected so how is it like to work with that population I would say sometimes my heart hurt because you can see where some of them are just hurt Mm -hmm. right um you come from homes that they might have had a lot of trauma no parent no guardian maybe they're out on their own and you can look at someone and think like, what a great kid. Mm-hmm. I've met so many that I'm just like, you're just a great, awesome kid. And I wish you believed that. Mm-hmm. And you can see the possibility for so many of them if they would only see it for themselves. So it's, it's you really have to be, um, one, you have to be stern and strong on the outside, but still have that loving, like, I'm going to, I'm going to get with you but with all the love in the world. Yeah. Right. You have that's, that's, that's the best that I can say. <laughs> <laughs> you are short like, in stature, but you look like you 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 could yeah, do it like oh get no. with somebody. <laughs> you can get you can get some of this, okay? We, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I still love you to pieces, right? 
Wow. So, That's a, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Is that even, is that on, on your way? I didn't know that. Um, no, no, a lot of stuff cool. I don't put on there. Okay. I don't even have to, listen, I do my own website. So that should tell you <laughs> when you're going on there. You're like, what? If I ever no, have no. two seconds to, to get my thoughts together, I do have somebody that said they would do the website for me, but it's, it's, you have you it's you look like you have you have a lot going on to be sitting down to, yeah. to update the slide. So <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, I think that's pretty cool. What what is one success story you feel like is still a motivating factor to keep you going and doing what you're doing? I don't. I won't say I have a best story, but I do have. I love when parents just reach out and tell me what a difference I've made or how I've opened doors for discussion at their in their homes. And so when a parent calls me and says, do you know such and such that she had the most, the best day ever, even though I know that child was acting, you know, a fool in class and disruptive <laughs> and cried. But when they got home, they just had a whole discussion on what we talked about. Just those, those are the biggest keep going for me. Because when a parent says, you know, she came home and she, oh, that's all she talks about is Miss Frankie said this and and we got to do this. And and when people entrust their kids to me to learn something, that, that just says a lot. So just getting confirmation from parents, from teachers, from anybody that says, thank you. I was able to, you know, have a discussion about, you know, decisions. And we talked about a decision that she made that I didn't like. And we actually, she actually was able to go articulate, you know, how she came to that decision. It, it, it means a lot. Wow. I think besides having, everybody knows that some certain conversations you can't have with your parents. So having mm -hmm. an adult, I remember having a few adults. I felt comfortable expressing my, my emotions, my frustrations, <laughs> my frustration with my parents because I know so much. great that you say that because of parents, you know, as much, you know, well, I'm a parent and we always forget that your child may not come to you first. Mm -hmm. there, there are very few kids that feel comfortable enough to come to their parents first for anything. But you should always make sure that they have somebody that you can talk to that they would go to and that you'll still be in the know, right? So, you know, you, you may not, I, my parents weren't my first choice. My cousins were. But if there was ever an issue, if I ever said anything to them, they would make sure my parents knew. That could that could be good. <laughs> that could be and like <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of parents, one of the questions that came that came in um was asking about the role of the parent. The, what is the role of the parents, you know, when you're working with the kids? Can they get involved? Are they involved? Uh parents usually are not involved. It's a program that's either offered in the school or during the summer. I prefer parents not to attend. You know, I've had some parents want to sit in the back of the class and I'm just, no. Unless your child says something that they're going to harm themselves or somebody else, or I think is really out of the norm, whatever happens in the class stays in the class. Normally we have discussion and I ask them to discuss whatever we learned in class at home. Like if we're learning about value and how value translates into how you spend your money, I want you to go home and talk to your parents about money, mm -hmm. right? Or decisions. And we, and we, I asked them, you know, when's the last time you made a decision, like a real decision? 
we talk about that and I say, go home and talk to your parents about how you made that decision so they can understand. So even if it's something brief, uh, the goal is to open those conversations at home, right? So we're talking about consequences. The goal is after the class, we talked about consequences today and that gives you an opportunity to step in and to find out what it is that you want to know because oftentimes we don't have a way in. But if your child comes home and tells, starts talking about something that they learned, that's your foot in the door. That's good. Uh, you know, I also know that you've always been into fitness and you're offering a course now. I want to know why you, well, personally, I, obviously it's very important to you, but what is significant about teaching other people to care uh, for their fitness? And I know that you teach on Thursdays, but have you been hired to do a course somewhere else for like a party? Okay, so for me, there is a direct correlation between physical and mental fitness. Mm -hmm. And that translates more into discipline, right? So when you can learn to discipline yourself physically, you will see it transcend into other areas of your life. Be it what you eat, you know, your ability to work and to see something through. So just for me, physically, you know, and I'm I'm getting up there, so I'm no I'm not young anymore. I'm pushing fifty, but being able wow, to still, really yeah yeah uh, you look <laughs> so good. Just, thank you. <laughs> so just being able to maintain um my my body physically pushes me in every other area, and you know being physically fit means that I have a place to for my thoughts right. So. If I'm working out, I have a chance to think. I have a chance to refocus. I have a chance to to reevaluate, you know, what's happened to me in the past couple of days or just for that day. So that's my my mental health check when I'm working out. Physical fitness reminds me that I need to stretch, right? Because your body, your body's used to what it's used to. So until you start pushing it, you'll stay in your comfort zone until you start pushing yourself. And to push yourself physically means you have to push yourself mentally. And seeing how that affects every other area of my life, you know, whether it's, you know, going to work all day, then having to come home, cook, uh, do homework, you know, that energy you need, those little spurts of energy will will help you, you know, carry out the rest of your day. When you're trying to um, finish a project, being able to discipline yourself physically and mentally, you'll be able to, to complete your project. I just think discipline, discipline for me is everything. Between physical fitness and, and actually keeping a journal, which are my top two things, those are two must-haves that I would recommend to everybody else. I have a top five, but those are two of those things because in your journal, you can keep your prayers, you can keep your, your vision, you can keep your goals, you can keep your gratitude, uh, you can write to your, you, you cry and then cry until you laugh. I mean, everything you can keep your journal, your to-do list, your, what you've done, what you need to do. So a journal is, you got to have it. You got to have that physical fitness. As you were talking, I was thinking about, uh, I think you talked about it earlier, but you mentioned writing your, your plans, I think. And mm -hmm. It seems like, I mean, duh, you know, like, you know, you have a plan, you can maybe like, just think about it and then, you know, plan it in your head. And no. my husband, <laughs> my husband and I, I think at some point we were trying to do that. You know, we were trying to, oh, let's just talk about it. And then at some point we were like, listen, this is not working. 
write so, it down. It's just something that is so small and so simple that has such a big impact. So it's like um, it's like you're a personal contract with yourself. And it's like once you write it, those are your words. You said it. And you should be able to hold yourself to it. What is your hope for moving moving forward with base impact? What would you like to see happen? And Frankie, I actually mean that. I can't believe you just said you're pushing 50. You look like you could. <laughs> no, I'm so serious. You <laughs> You know what? Maybe that that's a testament uh, for your fitness, your fitness journey and your fitness goal. Because I, I'm kind of, I'm really shocked that you just said that. You look really good. So that actually encourages me. I've been on this I got to go to the gym, you know, for two weeks. <laughs> I just made it for the first Don't, time yesterday. <laughs> listen, the gym is the biggest ripoff ever. I, I have not paid for a membership in years and I refuse to. Like people will pay me to come before I go to anybody's uh, gym. Mm. 15 minutes at home and keep it moving. I like, I like building muscles. So I like the, the some of the machines they have. Sometimes I've had that thought. Get at too. home. I know I've I've had that thought to cancel, <laughs> but mine is only ten bucks, and I'm like, you know what? I some of the machines and you still don't go. Well, well, at some point I'm really consistent, but at some point, like th- these last few months, I've been really just. I, but I have been walking though. I've been walking. I live near a park, so I've been walking. I'm doing some car- some cardio. I'm doing something, you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what is your what's your hope? moving forward with ace impact i would love to have a workbook right mm-hmm. and actually train people to facilitate these classes so my goal is to no longer be out there in front of people but to train the trainers so i would have a program and you be- you can become an ace impact facilitator i would give you everything you need and you go out there and you teach Oh, okay. And like, I want to duplicate as many of me. Well, <laughs> I can, I'm unable to be duplicated, but you know, you get the point. Like, make many me's and just go out there because then the reach can be, you know, greater and broader and wider and further. Okay. And I know that you have summer camps during the, the summer. You have one coming up. When is it again? Uh, the leadership workshop series is July 17th to July 21st. So it is a one week program, a mini camp for middle and high school uh, adolescent girls. We will be covering all the basics of advocacy and leadership. So I'm I'm very excited about this one because I really plan to go into diversity, equity and inclusion. And I'm really excited about advocacy part and leadership in itself so I'm, I'm actually excited about this one. uh wait so do you is it different every summer uh do you use two yes yeah. Oh, okay. yeah it's i try to uh, make it different every summer because i get a lot of returning students so i don't want to cover uh, the same topics i always cover goal setting and decision making that's my first day those are staples because those are basic skills that everyone needs. And then I go into, I, I vary with the, the rest of the program. But if I have a lot of returning students, I don't do the same curriculum. Okay. How do people register? You can go to the website, www.aceimpactllc.com. And it is the homepage at this point uh, to register. 
if you are in the Miami-Dade County area, uh, students are free because we are sponsored by the Safe Summers Grant offered by uh, District 1, Miami-Dade County, Office of the Commissioner Oliver Gilbert. So that grant covers registration and participation for students. Oh, cool. I'll put the, I'll put the link um, and I'll include the link. And I wanted to tell you two things. So two years ago, I don't know when it came out, but uh, maybe it was two years ago. I think it may have been during the summer. There is a video because I, it seems like you sometimes you make videos uh, and there's a video. I think you were in your garden. You were in a, a, mm -hmm. a garden and you were talking about planting and harvesting and uh, pulling Ooh, out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, I don't know what exactly was going on with me during that time, but I know I was going through a hard time and I watched mm -hmm. that video and I remember telling my husband what that video did for me so if you can find oh. that video um, and share it with me I would like to add it also because it seemed like you were talking directly to me and I kept <laughs> remember to text you and let you know about the video but I, I don't I never got around to it but I still remember that video I just want to reiterate what I said earlier you really never know what impact you have you don't know who's watching you. Don't you cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm really I'm serious. You don't really know who's watching you. I remember you told me that you ran track uh, in high school for for a stint. <laughs> yeah, so I also ran track during that time, and I had a show. I don't know what it was. If it was the pat, I don't know what I had to do. And you let me borrow cleats uh, to do something. Do you know that I still have those? I never gave it back. <laughs> I'm going to give it back. But I never <laughs> give it back. <laughs> I'm pretty sure but, my feet aren't the same size. But every I'm time I sure. see them, I think about you. And I just really, to everyone who's listening, that's mm -hmm. I, the driving point is to think about the little ones. And I know that you serve the whole, the entire population. It doesn't matter what age. But I'm specifically interested in hearing um, your work with the younger generation, because the younger generation, when you think you're just doing something, you're just teaching those classes, maybe they're getting it, they're probably getting it. And sometimes yeah. it might be indirectly, just based on the way that you function, the way that you mm -hmm. operate, the way that you handle situations, be the example of what you're teaching. I think that was the aim for this interview. Of course, I want people to participate because I believe that some of this stuff should be taught in the schools. Just like PE. We can't do everything. <laughs> I, I know they can't. I know they can't. But some of the stuff is, is so essential for people to grow up and be healthy adults. You, yes. You know? Because some of this, some the some of the the life skills that you teach, because there's a lack of it, people grow up to end up in the justice system because of mm -hmm. the, the lack of those skills. Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, man, the stuff that they teach in school, I wish that I'm. Well, I'm glad that you go into the schools and you teach that, but it seems like it should be something that's just ongoing because we need to know and if it wasn't that important we wouldn't be in relationships where now we're struggling because we don't know how to communicate we don't know how to play we don't so yeah we don't, um, have to, we don't know how to play in the sandbox 
<laughs> for that camp. Do you welcome volunteers? Actually, um, I'm very selective with the okay. people that I yeah. allow to come in because we're dealing with youth. We're, I would have to personally know you and know that, you know, you could clear a, a level two background, uh, mm-hmm. that you have the experience, that the the materials that you plan to cover, like you have to submit that in advance. So mm-hmm. I'm very funny. Yeah. Like I teach yeah. most of the classes myself because I know I'm not... <laughs> One, I work full time and I need my job and my benefits. Okay. <laughs> and two, I know that my intentions are good. So you just have to be very selective with who you allow to come in and yeah. partner with you. But I would have loved to. I love. <laughs> I was going to get excited. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I love doing stuff like that. I love, I used to do that all the time. I used to do that all the time because I love volunteering and I, that would have been a perfect space. But but yeah, so let me ask you, why didn't you pledge Zeta at um FSU? You know what? When I got to Tallahassee, I was a social b- butterfly and I would have done it. But I think I remember talking to you about it. No, you didn't. So my, never... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. You said, well, you have to join and change it from within. Because exactly. what I told you was that I, I just told some, some other young lady the same thing uh, a few weeks back. Because she was just like, oh, I don't like how they look on the campus. And I'm like, well, until you join, you can't make it something different. I guess at that age, I wasn't thinking that, you know, I wasn't thinking like that. I didn't see them enough. Of course, I started at the community college, so they're not on that campus. So I wasn't really Mm -hmm. seeing them until I got to FSU. And though the people that I did see, you know, some of the other colors, I was like, I don't want to be able to, you know, it was just so, it was such a contrast from what I experienced down here with this Mm -hmm. chapter and from what I saw up there. It was just, it wasn't the same thing. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to participate in that. You know, it would have been nice. I did it. I, I still have one of the t-shirts, by the way. <laughs> well, you can always go graduate, okay? I know, I, <laughs> I know. I haven't given up on you yet. I'm going to give you some time because I know you're a newlywed, but uh, I'm still coming for you. So don't 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 think otherwise. I don't know, but I, I was so proud. I was so proud to be a member, you know, to be an Arcanet. And they just opened up a world that I didn't know existed. And mm. my first introduction to sororities and all of that, because I, I wasn't really checking for that. But once I got to know what they do, fortunately, in different campuses, maybe they're just young themselves and they don't know how to act. But, um, <laughs> but I was young once too. Okay, so let's just well, put that out. Well, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I, that's why I, I wasn't interested in pursuing it. But, you know, it was, it was always time. You're young. Don't worry. I haven't given up yet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Thank you so much, Frankie. And if I know about young girls, I'll definitely tell them about the program. I thrive with stuff like that. I love teenagers and I want them to be their best selves. I'm going to be looking out for opportunities where I can send a couple of kids. Well, I just want to thank everyone. I hope that you were empowered. And if you do have little sisters, little cousins, if you are raising teenagers, there are programs that help specifically um, instill some of those virtues, those concepts. And even if you're at a church, there are programs out there that can come in. They are trained. Frankie is trained. She's been doing this for years. So I just want to make sure that people know about this so that they can take full advantage. Thank you for 
listening, uh, don't forget to go on the, the Instagram page, the info, the info Jobs with Pascal. Follow the page. And if you have questions, send in your questions. All right. Until next time. Bye.